Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six-figure income around my nine-to-five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief. But now, operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. Yay, we are live. I am so excited for this live stream podcast in my burnout to all out Facebook page. Those of you who jump in live or catch this later, my guest speaker today happens to be my own personal attorney who has been able to step away from her own nine to five and operate for herself in a virtual space. Sound familiar? Running and operating her own business as a mompreneur. You know, I like to say that we are work from home moms, right? (laughs) I'm not a stay at home mom. I'm a work from home mom that works my life, you know, my, my career around my life with my kids. So real quickly, guys, about Andrea Sager, you're going to hear from today. She is a small business attorney shaking up the legal industry with her legalpreneur plan, which I'm a part of. You guys are going to hear more about it later. That provides all access to her firm for small business. After working for a large law firm, working with large businesses, Andrea realized her true passion was helping small business embrace and protect their business and intellectual property, which is how we ended up connecting as I was launching the LinkedIn method. I realized it was intellectual property, but it was virtual and I had no idea like <laughs> what what the rules and regulations were around that, right? In just under two years, Andrea has become the go-to attorney for entrepreneurs, protecting everything from their brand names to their courses and blog posts. Andrea is also host of the hit podcast, The Legalpreneur. So if you guys love what she shares today and you have a small business, Many of you do, and you're looking for legal advice and support. She's incredible, and you should totally check out her podcast to become a more knowledgeable business owner in the legal space, for sure. And and, then don't be a blubbering idiot like me that's constantly like, Andrea, what do I do about this? Right, right. right. So, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Yay. So Andrew and I actually met in a business group for women. Everybody pretty much knows that follows me that Kayla Kraft was my business coach for the longest time. And now I'm in her mastermind. And so we met in her community, Mommy Millionaire, huge, huge fan of hers. She's got a big, she's got a big event that she's launching right now too. If you guys need a mindset coach, just a little plug for her. But that's where Andrew and I met because we were striving entrepreneurs and she had an incredible business in this whole virtual law space. When my business really started to take off with LinkedIn, Kayla was like, I've got an attorney you've got to work with. Like she knows what you need from a virtual standpoint. She's amazing. So with that, we got connected and the rest is history, right? Absolutely. Yes. So Andrea, let's go back because 
I love like this whole podcast is about interviewing entrepreneurs who really used to work a nine to five reported to someone else and had the courage to step out, break free and are now doing the do and working for themselves. And you are in the legal space, right? So can you take us back to life working for a big corporation, massive law firm, bring us back to that space. How many years ago, what did that look like? So I started there uh, right over three years ago. It was the beginning of October in 2017. And I, you know, I thought I had my dream job. I thought I was set for life. So excited, making the most money I could ever imagine making. And I remember that first week that I started full time, I was sitting in my office and it just hit me. I'm like, all these old men walking around in three piece suits, like they've been here since they were my age, like yeah. sitting here in this seat since they were my age. And it just hit me all of a sudden, like, this is not what I want to do for the next 30 to 40 years of my life. I felt bad because almost immediately I was like, oh my gosh, how do I get out of here? That's amazing though, that, that you had that calling so early. I mean, and I don't know if you know much about my story, but it took me nearly 13 years to like say it enough is enough, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So a week into your career working in a large law firm <laughs> where there some were of the coolest companies, some of the biggest companies that you know, like Kroger, Abercrombie, like the biggest companies in the world were who we represented. And it, like, yes, it's cool. It sounds cool. It was a super nice office. Like if you've ever seen the movie Suits, I mean, that's what it was like. I was up on the 38th floor. We were, I was in Cincinnati at the time. I, from my office, I could watch a Cincinnati Reds game. So, oh, their, wow. Yeah. Their field was right there. I could watch an, a game from there. I mean, they just spoiled us. Like it was truly that like big law firm experience. And yeah, that was cool. But at the same time, it was also miserable because they wanted butt in seat 20, not, not 24 seven. But they wanted butt in seat. Like they told you, yeah, you can work from home. But if you were working from home, they weren't happy about it. So and when I started, I had my son was eight months old at the time. So if I didn't leave at a decent hour, like I would never see my son because he was asleep by six, six thirty. So I would always leave at a decent hour, put him to bed and then work from home. Well, they weren't OK with that. I, even though, even if I would work until nine or 10 at night after putting him to bed, they didn't care. All I cared was that they didn't see my butt sitting in my seat in my office. So that was like signal number one that it just was not going to work out. And then, well, and I think so many, if you don't mind, I want to butt in here because I think that so many women in high level professions feel that way that I was in a male dominated position where all the men I worked with their mentality, it's this masculine mentality that you have to be in the office, you have to be seen, the number of hours you put in where we see you is your value, right? And we weren't really allowed to operate in the feminine, which I don't need to work as hard to make as much money. We're proving that now. Right? <laughs> but when you're surrounded by men, and it's the way things have always been done. Okay, so yes, I can... 100% agree with you on that with little kids. Okay, go ahead. No, so I was going to say the next thing that really made me realize that it wasn't the place for me was I had, so at that point, I already had my first business. I had a clothing boutique. We had a brick and mortar store. 
And because I was a boutique owner, I constantly had boutique owners coming to me asking for help. And what they needed help with was intellectual property, trademarks, copyrights, getting all the things done for their business. And most of the time they would come to me and it's like, okay, well, here's our rates. And it would, it was just too much for them. Totally understandable. And so as I'm seeing this, I'm like, well, man, like who's going to help these small business owners? Well, then I had somebody come to me, a boutique owner, and she was like, I don't care how much it is. I just need to get this done. And I want you to help me. I'm like, okay, cool. So again, I'm, I'm this first year attorney. I think I'm a rock star. I'm like, oh, they're going to love me. I'm bringing in clients, making the firm money already. And this partner told me to my face, we do not want this client because small businesses are not quality clients. So I had that moment that I was just like, okay, I thought I was this rock star because I'm bringing in clients and they don't even want this client. So that was really like my defining moment. That was the one that put me over the edge because I just knew, okay, there's plenty of small businesses out here and somebody has to go serve them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's so powerful that like, okay. So you realized a, something's not like the others here. Right. And then B just, you're recognizing this calling for these smaller businesses. So how long did it take you after that first day of like first week of being like, I don't know if this is the right place for me. How long did it take you to kind of birth this whole concept of the legalpreneur? Was it something you built in the pockets of your time around your corporate job until you broke free? Or did you just cut ties and launch something new by yourself? I'm always curious what that looks like. Yeah. So I had to cut ties first because being in the legal space, I was still going to be doing the same thing. So I couldn't compete with them while I was still at the firm. I couldn't Oh, I see. So some people, if you're doing something in a completely different industry, that's not an issue. But being a lawyer, they could have come after me and said like, hey, these are our clients, even Mm -hmm. though they said they didn't want them. But what ended up happening, it's a funny story. So I started my job October 2017. That defining moment was March 2018. On April 30th, I launched my firm because on April 29th, I got fired. Wow. And I always say that I manifested getting fired because I knew I'm like five minorities rolled into one. So like female army mom, like all the things. So I, Oh, and I'm Hispanic. Like all I was like all the things. So I knew like, okay, if, if they just fire me, if I can hold on long enough for them to fire me, they'll offer me a severance package. (laughs) They had to, or else like, I could like, this was one of those things where I could have definitely sued them for discrimination from several things. Like there were things that were said that I was just like, you're not supposed to say that to me. (laughs) But so it was a Friday. And what's funny is Wednesday, it was a Wednesday and I texted my husband at the time. And I was like, look, I can't stand it here anymore. I have to quit. And our house was already for sale because we had already planned to move to Houston. The house was for sale. Wednesday, I was like, I'm ready to quit. And he's like, just wait until we have a contract on the house. It's like, once we have a contract on the house, that's fine. Like we know it's going to sell and then we can, you know, move on. Okay, no big deal. I can wait until we have a contract. 
Friday, they come into my office and I knew immediately, immediately what was happening. And I like, it took everything in me not to like have this big old smile on my face (laughs) because it was up until that point. It's like, okay, I think this is what we're supposed to be doing. But then when it all just falls into place, it's like, oh, thank God. I know this is meant to be. So they came in. They basically gave me two options and one of them was a severance package. And I was like, hell yes, give me that severance package. I am out. So literally I launched my firm and I've had business ever since. Luckily, because I was a boutique owner and I had those connections. Wow. Okay. So that's where you made your first transition Mm -hmm. was to the boutique owners. And so what did that look like? So like on Friday, you had been working for a corporation. And Monday, you're working for yourself. I always like to talk about this because I know for me, when I left corporate America to get into social selling full time with part part time hours, I personally, those first couple of weeks to months, like floundered with like the structure and organization of my day because I was so used to being told Like I had so many deadlines and my inbox was always so full on Monday morning. I was just getting unburied out of my inbox. And then there was always calls and I was chasing my tail from one call to another. You were probably chasing your tail from one client to another. And that kind of blank canvas on Monday morning, like how long did it take you to get organized? Do you feel like you were pretty, you executed pretty quickly? You came up with a system or like, what did that look like? So (laughs) I officially launched my firm and it was crazy because we were also in the middle of moving across the country. So we were in Cincinnati, we were moving to Houston. So luckily, like I had a consistent flow of clients Mm -hmm. that it was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing the right thing, but it wasn't so many where it was like, okay, I can't keep up while we're trying to move. And that's why like, it's so crazy. And that's how I know this was meant to happen because everything just happened so perfectly. And basically I had this slow flow of clients and it was consistent enough to where, you know, we had the severance package. I had these clients coming in and then we moved to Houston and we were living with my parents for a month until we could find a place to live. And then like it was slow for the first few months. And then once we finally got settled into the place that we're in now, it was just like gun ho, like, okay, what am I doing? Like, I'm figuring all this out. And I remember like, okay, I got to get more clients. Like I want to make more money. So I would just like stalk Facebook groups. Like the one thing that I always did, I try to do it at least once a day, but several times a week, I would go into like the big Facebook groups and like search trademarks, copyrights, like who's asking the questions. Oh, yeah. And then I'd go and give, you know, add value like, oh, this is what you do. Like, or this is the answer to your question. And then very smart. Yeah. Like after you add the value, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, can you help me? Yes, I can help you. (laughs) Wow. Now, are you doing that over on LinkedIn too? No, I'm not. Okay. I should. I should. And there's groups over there too. See, I'm not even part of any groups on LinkedIn. Like I'm definitely not using LinkedIn to its full potential. Well, that's okay. It sounds like it's working for you over on Facebook, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into the right Facebook groups to find the business. I know that's how I found you because you probably somehow you got into Kayla's books to present live stream, providing value to her community of like a thousand women. And I saw you chatting one day as a live guest, which is incredible. It's actually something I'm thinking about doing with my academy and next month is to start piping through 
you know, live guests that can provide value. And I saw you and I saw what you had to talk about. I'll never forget because you just come back from an Orange Theory workout. And I'm like, that's my girl because I work out at Orange Theory too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's either like shower and look nice or get a good workout in. And like the good workout is going to trump every time. Absolutely. And right now I look like a mess because we're packing to move. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate that you're showing up. So I know you've got so much going on. Okay. You made the leap. You found your niche. And you started drilling down and you've gotten really savvy on, isn't social media an amazing like way to build business virtually? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm actually speaking at a conference next week to other attorneys about this, which mm-hmm. is really intimidating for me because I'm, I've only been licensed next month will be three years that I've been licensed mm-hmm. and I've created a million dollar law firm. Wow. And lawyers are like, like there's some lawyers who've been practicing for 20 years and they never get to that point. And so it's just really intimidating to like be speaking to all these lawyers. It's like, here I am this third year attorney and I do really well on social media. Well, so that's where people are though, especially post COVID. I mean, they were there anyway. Right. But when you, you think about where we are post COVID, no matter what industry you're in, the quickest and easiest way to create no like and trust factor is through social media. And if you're not using it to market your business, your brand, you're obsolete. You're oh, obsolete. 100%. Yeah. And it's so true for anything. So like I hear from some people too. It's like, if I'm going to date somebody and they don't have a social media presence, like that makes you wonder like, Ooh, like why are they <laughs> on social media? <laughs> right. Right. No, it's so funny. Well, and you know, talking about this, my uncle owns a financial planning company and we were, we were having drinks and dinner a couple of weeks ago. It was maybe a month or two ago. And he was like, my advisors need your training because I guess business, their whole technique pre COVID, it was very belly to belly. These guys are like an old boys club where they're out seeing and meeting clients and at the country club and playing golf and like yeah. showing up at like these community events and like, their tactics are, they don't work right now, right? And he's like, they need some training on, like they know their business, but they have no idea how to create leads on media, which is the only place to like find people right now because people are like putting their little bubbles because of quarantine. That's that's awesome. So I bet hopefully they're learning from you. Well, I'm not teaching them right now. I told him, I said, my niche is really in social selling right now. I just can't, I honestly don't have the capacity to create a whole nother program for financial right. And right you're now, niche you know? down, which is amazing. And that makes you even more in demand because it's right. like, look, she is really good at this thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had someone reach out to me yesterday. He's going through my launch and they're like, this is great. I'm learning so much, but I really want coaching. I'm not trying to grow. I'm not trying to find business partners. I want to grow my brand on LinkedIn. And I'm like, I used to coach to that. I used to take private clients on that. But now I'm just so busy with my niche that I feel it's just not a space I'm playing in right now. You know, maybe one day I'll expand upon it. But here you are. And you're operating this virtual business in this virtual space. I know you've helped me numerous times with legal contracts and verbiage, you know, working virtually, hiring people for like contract work, legal, you know, legal advice for when people sign up for my coursework. So anyone watching this, when you sign up for my course, you're going to see a state of the union that basically this is for your personal use and not to be, you know, sent to the masses. It's proprietary information, right? And that's because 
Andrew has been able to help me out with all of that. Why don't we for a couple minutes then share with everybody, I mean, what are your services right now for my budding entrepreneurs who are in the same, I've got a lot of people in the coaching space with me, they were watching this, they're going to listen into the recording later. What are your services right now? What do you have to offer? Yeah, so I like to say we're a full service law firm for small businesses. And really our big three areas of practice are number one, business entities. So getting you set up, whether that's with an LLC or whatever entity, usually it's an LLC and then intellectual property. So your trademarks, copyrights, mm-hmm. getting all that situated. You guys got my trademark done for burnout to all yes, out. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then we have the legalpreneur membership, which is what you're part of. And that's mm-hmm. how we basically provide ongoing access to you and our other clients to that are part of the legalpreneur. And mm-hmm. that's incredibly helpful because most, so big businesses, the, your big box stores, they have their general counsel. They have mm-hmm. their in-house counsel who works for them full time. Well, small businesses, they need legal counsel, but they can't, obviously they can't afford to hire an attorney full time, but that's what the legalpreneur is. Basically it's your go-to attorney to ask your questions, send your contracts to for review and basically get all your work done through the legalpreneur. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Seeing so many small businesses come to you. What is like one of the biggest mistakes that you see that you would like to like, that you would want to give people forewarning or advice on to help them get ahead of that big mistake or just, I don't know. (laughs) So the number one mistake that I see, it has to do with trademarks and the launch that we're in right now is our trademark course. But basically what most, many and most business owners do not realize is that even though it's not the same exact name as someone else, it could still be trademark infringement. Mm -hmm. Trademark infringement is when it's anything similar enough that consumers are likely to be confused as to who is who. So my brand name is Andrea Sager Law. That's the law firm. If there's an Andrea Sager Legal out there, that's infringement. If there's an Andrea D. Sager or Andrea something Sager Law, law firm or legal, it's all trademark infringement. Mm -hmm. If Andrea Sager is spelled differently, Mm -hmm. that's trademark infringement. The Andrea Sager Law Firm trademark infringement. So adding the to the beginning or making something plural or adding a little word or adding just a little, if it doesn't substantively change the name, then it's most likely trademark infringement. Hmm. That's really interesting. I know with my exercise with you guys, I had this vision of burnout to all out. It just like came to me knowing I was a corporate dropout, living all out now. And you guys made me kind of do my homework before submitting just to see what was out there. And it was the only thing I could find was there was like this burnout. It wasn't burnout to all out. It was burnout something. And it was like these drag race, like drag race competitions up in like the UK or something. (laughs) So I was like, shoo, I was so glad that like nobody had ever thought of it before. And now Mm -hmm. I own it, which is great. No, and I, and I love your name. I love Burnout to All Out. I do. Thank you. Well, and now I'm thinking you and I need another conversation because drilling down from Burnout to All Out, the LinkedIn method has really exploded. And now I'm wondering if the LinkedIn method actually needs to be trademarked because 
my pie in the sky vision is to make this a million dollar business where I actually have the step by step method process where we certify coaches who actually coach to the method in my corporation. And I don't know if that then the LinkedIn method needs to be trademarked, right? Because it's a process that people learn and coaches can get certified for. So does that need to be trademarked? I'm going to yeah, get free legal advice right here. Chat. We definitely need to chat. <laughs> okay. Awesome. This has been so good. I want to ask you maybe just a couple of questions that I'm sure some people are wondering is like, you know, was there, were there moments of doubt? Can you take us back? Well, there weren't because you were just like, you were ready. Like you, there were no moments no, of doubt. There's always you. moments of doubt. Trust me. There's always, <laughs> no matter like hindsight, how perfect it looked. Yeah. Like it is still stressful as heck doing yeah doing it, getting started. And one, like, are we going to be able to pay the bills? Like, yeah. It's so can you talk about that? Because I think that I know that for me, that was like, it actually held me back from leaving my corporate job for way too long. Like I was making six figures in network marketing, but I didn't trust it. Like I didn't trust, even though that income was consistent and growing. And I'd been like through restructures and contracts broken in corporate and having to be reorganized. I worked for like three different companies the whole time my my network marketing, you know, money was, but I didn't trust it. Right. And then when I finally left, I was still terrified for like a year, just like, <laughs> uh, what are they going to take it away? It's too good to be true. And then, and it never disappeared. And so it like, I lived in fear for like a year, right. Before I was finally like, okay, what were your coping mechanisms or what helped you kind of take that leap of faith? What helped you believe in yourself? Continue to take action regardless and then I'd love to hear, I always love to hear, was there spousal support or was he against what you were doing? Because that always seems to be a wedge, you know, like my husband, it's funny. I mean, he actually supported me a little bit with the network marketing piece, but he thought I was crazy with this whole LinkedIn method thing, right? I'd love to, that was like a million rapid fire questions. So yeah. let's just go back to the self-doubt. Was there self-doubt? Did you have well, self-coping mechanisms? What kind of got you through it? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, de there was definitely self-doubt, but I feel like that was really self-inflicted from spousal doubt because oh. which I'll go ahead and announce it here, which I'm now going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And basically he was staying at home at the time. And I, and I totally, I, I get it. Like he was staying home at the time. He had supported me while I was in law school. And basically that was his time to really figure out what he wanted to do. Right. And what his next step was, well, he never really figured out. He just started teaching once we got to Texas. But up until the point that I got fired, he didn't want me to quit. So that's why I hadn't quit. He was like, like I stepped out the job that I hated to support you. And now, and I get that. I totally get it. But I like part of me just knew like, I'm going to have clients. Like I'm going to make money. And, but of course, like he was not on board with me quitting, but luckily I got fired and that's, that's what really made it okay. And the fact that I got the severance package, because we had, we had enough money to make things work, but obviously that severance gave us more cushion and he was stressed. I mean, he always just stressed as hell and sorry, I keep cussing. That's Okay. <laughs> But finally, we got to Houston, and things got a little better. Um, they got a little better with um, since once he saw money coming in, and then he started working as a teacher. He had uh, insurance and the whole cushion benefits and mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. But um, 
there's been support when there's money, you know, like yeah. when there's money, there's support. And then when there's not money, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, right. I'm going to make it work. Like, what do you mean? What am I going to do about it? I'm going to make it work. Right. And really what was one of the final straws for me was like, I, over the past year, really year and a half, I've realized like, look, we have one life to live. Like, I don't want to just be mediocre. I don't yeah. want to just live this, oh, go to work, come home, do the same routine. No, like that's not who I want to be. Like we truly have this one life and I want to make it as extraordinary as possible. And he's the complete opposite. He's just like, yeah. I just want to. And the thing is, whenever, you know, when you're a kid and you get your, you have your like activities and stuff and you make the book, you draw out, like, what do you, I want to be this when I get older. Yeah. I wanna, his books all say, I want to be a dad. Like, not, I don't want to be a firefighter, doctor, lawyer. No, I want to be a dad. And he's a dad now. He has two, like we have two kids and like, he's happy. Like that's all he yeah. wants. He wants to go to work, come yeah. home and be a dad. And I'm like, I've got a million other things that I want to do. Right. So what really what happened with us is we just, we're just on two different pages. And I know like, this is like, this isn't about divorce, but <laughs> like, it's how I got to where I am today. And sure. it's just, in a sense, it was holding me back. Yeah. And now yeah. like I'm going through this rough patch because we're just like navigating all of this, but I, right. I know like, okay, I'm going through this because I'm getting to this other place. Right. Well, it sounds like you grew and he didn't. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot, right? I think you grew and he didn't. I see that a lot in my network marketing team where, you know, these women all of a sudden, you know, create these powerful businesses and all of a sudden they realize like there's so much opportunity and their husbands are like, whoa, okay, we're, we're rocking the boat over here, you know? And it's funny because when I left corporate to do network marketing, okay, so when I first started in network marketing, obviously my husband thought I was crazy, just like oh, everybody yeah. does. You know, yeah. I've got this multiple six-figure career and what am I doing over here at network marketing, right? But then when I came home and it made his life so much easier, because I had this really high power career that was competing with his, right? And every time the kids were sick, even though he was a leader, so was I. And so it was always like, oh, who's going to watch the kids? Who's got to cancel calls? When I came home and took the brunt in of all of that, like life was good. Like it was amazing for him, right? And his career like started like to take off even more. So what's been interesting this year over in the midst of COVID, right in the middle of COVID, I'm launching the LinkedIn method, you know, and he's like, you know, babe, like, we're good. Like, why don't you just like, you've got a flexible job, right? So why don't you you can handle the kids this summer? And why don't you put that on the back burner till COVID's over, right? And I'm like, now wait a damn minute. <laughs> right? Like, I said, I was going to be a work from home mom, I never said I was going to be a stay at home mom. But so I know what you're saying. Because even today, we my husband, and I had this conversation yesterday, because I'm like, I believe I believe in my soul, this could be a million dollar brand that impacts every company globally. And he's like, but why? It's like, why are you rocking the boat? Like life is easy right now, right? Like I don't, he doesn't want a competing schedule again. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean why? Like I, I, I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want things to be easy. So this is something I've been teaching, not teaching as I don't teach people, but that I've been really like telling people is like, you have to be 
comfortable with being uncomfortable to live yes. an extraordinary life. That's right. And that's, right now, like there's been so much anxiety, so much stress, yeah. like, so much going on, but it's like, I'm fine with it because I know like what's next. I know what's yeah. next. That's right. And so you're a dreamer, right? So am I, right? Yeah. But you know what, for me, like with every new version, my husband's ultimately been able to come along, you know, it just takes him a while, right yeah. on the back end. And I actually I'll say this, and then we can wrap up, I would love to get your kind of final nuggets. But I interviewed, have you heard of burn bootcamp? No, no, it's their, their internet, they're glo- well, they're not global, but there's about 300 of them across the nation now. But anyway, they're a franchise. It's a, a gem thing. The CEO, I interviewed her the other day, and she was this super conservative corporate girl. And her husband was the one starting these like workout routines and like parking lots with like nothing else. Like that was his business plan, right? But anyway, it was a fun interview because she has been super conservative and he constantly is pushing her along. So ultimately they've got this, they've got 300 franchises across the, the country. And she initially thought he was nuts. But, you know, in the interview the other day, she was like, he's really helped me dream because I never believed any of this was possible. Right. So everybody needs a dreamer in their life. Right. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, so final words of advice for the budding entrepreneur who's maybe got one foot in is thinking about doing their own thing. What's your piece of advice to them to go all out? Yeah, so I think it's really what I just said is truly get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And when you are uncomfortable, just know that's a good thing because it means you're growing and you have something phenomenal coming next. Yes. Because if you, if, it, if it's easy and if, it's, if it stays comfortable, like you're not growing. Yep. Nothing, nothing new, nothing exciting is going to happen. Yep. So true. Go get uncomfortable. That's where you grow, right? Exactly. Yay. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea, for coming in today and doing this podcast with us and educating us a little bit about the legal space. What do you have going on right now? Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Andrea Sager Law. We currently are launching the trademark course trademarkcourse.com basically is your own DIY method of getting your trademarks done on your own. We also have, and that's with our legalpreneur company. It's free and affordable resources for online entrepreneurs. So definitely check out our legalpreneur Instagram account. And yeah, like I have a million things going on. So <laughs> definitely find me on Instagram to find out everything. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys go find her and follow her and check out her podcast too. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second, gave me that five-star review of the show, and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.